Okay, so I wanted to make this video or slash or forward slash podcast to go over rugby's new law changes that they, that have been announced. I believe they're announced today. So rather than give my opinion on it straight away, some of you may or may not know about these new law changes and the reason uh, for them. And uh, but already I've been asked by a few people about like the prospective ones. I've been asked by a few clients. I've been asked by a few people on the group. I've been asked by someone, a few people on Instagram. And I think I wanted to share my thoughts as someone that's done a decent bit of research on uh, the COVID-19 crisis, but also, you know, got my opinion on rugby. And I, I'd like to open it up to the Facebook group. So if you're watching live, or even if you're not watching live, let's get this comment section going with opinions on what we think about this, um, or about these new rugby law changes. Hopefully I can, here we go. I can create a poll here and I will publish the this question so what do we think about these new law changes so i'll go into them now and then we'll discuss and i'll discuss my opinions on it so the this comes in from rugbypass.com the world rugby executive committee has approved 10 optional domestic law trials which are designed to provide national member unions with further covid 19 transmission risk reductions measure risk reduction measures if required Essentially, they're trying to say, look, if you want to start rugby back up and you want to start playing, here are some sort of rules that we can sort of go by if you want to implement rugby, but not, you know, not as normal rugby. So those 10 laws or potential laws are, well, firstly, that is, again, once again, they're designed to stop the spread of COVID-19 whilst playing rugby, which to me, like, it makes no sense. Damn it, I've already given away my opinion. Let's get into this. So the 10 changes are, with regards to the scrum, they want to remove reset scrums when no infringement occurs. I believe what it will be, it will be just a free kick to the team. So you get one scrum. And if that scrum fails, it's a free kick automatically to the um, team who had the put in. Then hookers must use a break foot to aid scrum stability. No scrum option for a penalty or a free kick. So I think it's I think they said that 1.3 penalty uh, scrum penalties are given, as in 1.3 penalties are opted where teams opt for a scrum in a game. So you know the the idea here is to reduce the amount of scrums in a game, so you're not having any resets because of. Um, you know, well, because you're going to get a free kick. You're also not going to have any resets because the hookers are going to use their break foot to make it stable, which maybe I understand. And then there's no option for a pe for a scrum from a penalty or a free kick. So you can't take the scrum. You have to either kick it to line out or take a quick tap or whatever. And then the goal line dropout when attacker is held up. Oh, that's different. So if you're held up in goal rather than get a five-meter scrum, they're saying that you can do a goal line dropout, which is interesting. <clears throat> So, first off, let's address these scrum rules to begin with. So, I am a big fan of the scrum, not because I, I like scrums being reset and reset and reset again. I'm a big fan of the scrum because it is inherently what rugby is about. It's, you know, if people talk about rugby, they will, or if people know, you know, people that aren't familiar with rugby, the scrum is the iconic image of the game. So, it's, I think it's vitally important that that still remains a contest and it's vitally important that you can still push each other. And inevitably, when you have a good contest, you have a hard contest, there's going to be a, a certain amount of resets. Now, I don't think doing five to ten resets, you know, every single scrum is a good thing, 
but I think that you're going to get resets because it's a real high-level competition, and we don't want to take that high-level competition away. Um, so I don't think that just want you get what you know trying all these different things to stop the amount of resets is a good idea. Um, the other thing about not, and, and you also take away the weapon of your scrum. So if you've got a good scrum, you've got a good pack that's got a, you know a really effective scrum that can win you penalties and penalties and penalties. Now. You know, if you've got a free kick, you know you're no longer allowed to utilize that option, and I think that that's a bit disappointing. I think that that's going to take away from the game of rugby if these laws are implemented, um, and I'll get to that in a second. So I'm not a big fan of these so far. I also think that um, like the idea of just having one scrum, like right, so let's do one scrum. Hold your breath, everyone. Don't breathe on anyone, and uh, <laughs> like you, then you'll be okay. Doesn't make any sense to me at all uh like so if you know it's so you're not going to get COVID-19 from your position prop from the first scrum but maybe if you do two or three or four or five scrums then you get COVID-19 that doesn't make any sense to me that doesn't like and I'd love to hear a comment with someone that disagrees because I don't understand this this is it seems like with those laws it's like been set by someone that just sort of wants to you know, give, give a bit of window service, try and make it look like, oh, they, see, we are being safe, really. But if you're playing rugby, like, how many rucks are you going to get into? How many tackles are you going to do? I don't really understand how doing, you know, reducing the amount of scrums is really going to stop the spread. And we're only into four of the 10 laws. So five and six are both around the tackle. Reinforce high tackle sanction framework and introducing an orange card, which is where the player... It's only, I think it's only when the TV official is reviewing it, rather than, you know, have a long pause in the game, they're just going to send the guy off, and and if it turns out that the tackle's actually okay, then they'll let him back on, and they're going to remove the choke tackle and reward the defensive team. I'm not quite sure on that one, so if anyone on this live stream is aware of what that law is about, let me know. Um, but I think that the high tackle framework is 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 like it's changed and it's changed what rugby is and i think it has changed it for the better because we're going to get less concussions it's obviously excuse my alarm going off there um it's going to have its own repercussions of course but i think that in general i don't think that at all helps you know reduce the spread of coronavirus you know you know you were going to get you, you weren't going to get coronavirus but then you tackled the guy around his chest so now he's able to breathe on you for a second like again this just reeks of people trying to look good in front of everyone and, and trying to make it look acceptable like they're trying to do something whereas like if you're playing fucking rugby with people how how does tackling below the chest reduce the risk of you getting coronavirus it might reduce the risk of concussion yet the evidence on that isn't great i just don't understand that so then the ruck um they reduce <laughs> use it time so when the referee calls use it rather than the scrum half having five seconds he's now only got three seconds um and rather than having a scrum i think the opposition gets a free kick pointless again i don't understand why that is going to reduce the spread. It's just going to make the game a little... If anything... Well, I'll go into this in a sec. And then the last two rules are around the mall. No one can join a mall if they're not in it from the start. <laughs> and only one forward movement at a mall. So you can't restart a mall once progress slows. This, ladies and gentlemen, 
If anyone disagrees with me, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see you comment on this post because I'm open to me being wrong here and this my understanding of this getting you know misconstrued maybe if we tackle low if we only you know let malls go for 10 seconds as opposed to 30 seconds if we only do one scrum rather than resetting and potentially doing two or three scrums then we're all safe from COVID-19 if one player's got it and they play a game of rugby with 30 other dudes or maybe that one we, we just need to wait until we get good aggressive testing measures in place which seem like they could be you know, inbound. Um, and that way we sort of just reduce the risk by doing that. I don't understand how like this is anything other than just trying to look good. I think, you know, these, these laws stop rugby from kind of being rugby, which like, I understand that if you look back, like, and, and I'm as much of a rugby purist as I am, I'll look back on games that are 30 years old, which is, 1990 and you will see that doesn't look like what rugby is today it looks like embarrassing compare that to rugby today and you know there is a, a, a lot of the game that has changed but I, will, I think all of that has changed for the better if we start to completely take away the scrum I think it's I'm, I'm not sure about this if we start to take away the more if we start to you know speed it up and I also think that if we're starting to speed the game up more and more and more and more to me does that not mean that everyone's going to be breathing a lot heavier we're going to have a lot more you know periods where everyone just you know in in their team will just huddle together and of course they're getting a breath they're get, getting their breath back then they breathe on each other and then they infect it. like i don't understand how this if anyone is actually going to implement this or this is just a big waste of everyone's money who is paying towards world rugby to sit down and have this meeting and set these laws out i don't understand why they're making these changes and if anything <clears throat> i believe that these law changes are just to have people you know from outside of rugby go oh look rugby's doing something and then just move on and i think it's nothing other than that i don't think any of these laws are actually going to be enforced by anyone's uh, unions I don't think we should prepare for this to happen. I don't think it makes a difference. I think having a more stable scrum is a good thing, but reducing the contest at the scrum is a bad thing. And if you're, you know, if you're a defensive team, and you know that the attacking team is is got have got a really good scrum, then you're you're going to give away a free kick. You're going to be like, right, I don't, I don't want to give away a penalty at this scrum. I'm just going to, you know, l slow it down or, or lose my footing, quote unquote. And then you just you know all you've got is you then you get a free kick. Actually, if you're already attacking team, then you would do that, right? But it takes away that good contest that doesn't make any sense. And I think that these laws, I think you know this last twelve minutes of podcast slash video is about all that we need to talk about with these new laws. Unless anyone else wants to just massively rant in the comment section, um, you know. Welcome to 2020, people, where things don't really matter apart from your perception of how the public sees you. The less we can do this in rugby, the better, I think. And I think we'll end that there. Thanks for watching, guys. As as um, I said earlier, any comments and any thoughts on this, I, I would love a discussion. If anyone thinks that there is a way that this combats it and has some evidence to suggest this, other than just being sort of pointless window service, go to facebook.com if you're listening to this podcast. 
type in rugby muscle athletes and comment on the video because you know for all intents and purposes i could be wrong i could maybe have not researched this as well as i should have but uh yeah and before i leave you guys i want to give you like sort of four recommendations because you know i want to be consistent with my message of trying to give you something to help you with your training moving forward rather than just rant here as i've done so far on this podcast so number one i'd say don't worry about this response i mean or anything on the news for that matter pay attention to what the scientists say pay attention to what your local governments are saying in terms of your your local laws and then act and plan accordingly like doing this can reduce your stress levels because then you you know you're not worried about what you can't do you've got a realistic um, landscape ahead of you in which you can then assess and progress as you need to be you're not worried about oh i wish i could go to the gym because you're actually making progress with your body weight training at home or your your you know your conditioning training at home or you're progressing with your skills you're not like oh i wish i could be doing my rugby training because actually you are you know working on your own skills in your own time with your training partners which leads me on to the next point train now no matter what you're doing you should be training i think getting into small groups to work on your skills or fitness or wherever you want to work on in terms of your rugby performance and really refine it's a great idea i think this is something that you won't have time to do when we get back into um normal life and when this lockdown is eased and when he's restricted you know, when we're as close to a normal schedule as we go because when things are open back up, you're going to be bombarded with your team training, with normal life, with your competition schedule. You know, you're not going to have time to work on specifically work on your left-handed pass or your, you know, your offload in contact or your rucking position when someone's jackling or anything like that. Because you're going to be working on your team's plays, you're going to be working on your team-specific stuff, and then you're going to be working at work. You're, you're not going to have the time to do this. So I think now is a really good time to go ahead and do that. And then if you can, keep those groups small and smart. If you're training in a small group, keep that group like a metaphorical bubble. It doesn't make sense to train with a group of four, you know, four or five guys and then train with another group of four or five guys because then you, you, you know, you're dramatically increasing the risk of spreading it, increasing the risk of this all being shut down again and you know, if you only care about yourself, you're increasing your risk of you being sick and therefore being out of training for a while. Um, if you stay responsible with this, then, you know, not only are you less likely to have your training shut back down, but you're also, you know, able to work on those, you know, actual contact situations. You're at, you, you know, if you're just working within a group of three or four people and though, and yeah, it's a nice controlled group of people that you trust, people that you know aren't going out and partying with 50 other people, then you're actually less likely, you know, uh, you're, you're um, a lower risk of getting infected or, or spreading this disease. If you were even doing, you know, scrum, scrummaging, rucking, fucking hell, you could even make out and you're at a lower risk than if you were training with a bigger group of people and, you know, even and, and actually just passing amongst each other and stuff you know you know what i'm saying so i think keeping your group as a responsible group is more important than this sort of weird you can only contact around the legs sort of rules i think it makes a lot more sense just to be really picky and don't be afraid to be picky about who you're interacting with you know if you know that one of your mates is constantly socializing and interacting with you know multiple other groups of people potentially that's not a good person to invite to your training situation and and that's okay you know don't be afraid to express that or don't be afraid just to keep it on the low and then again really want to re-emphasize train for nothing else than if you you know if even if 
you're you're in down in the dumps and you know you you haven't got a perfect regime going you still should be training because when we get back you want to be as prepared as you can to get back into rugby not only to play your best and not only to take advantage of what might be a small window because we might be able to play rugby for a bit and then have to stop playing rugby for a bit not only that but to dramatically reduce your injury risk i mean and then that last one is huge if you've done nothing in the last two or three months and then you go straight back to rugby there's a huge your your injury risk is dramatically increased if you just go straight back into it compared to if you got yourself nice and prepared um you know, either with contact drills or with weights or with body weight work or with conditioning work, all that stuff is going to condition your body in order to be prepared when we get back into playing. And the last thing you want to do is, you know, injure yourself within your first week back of training because then it's like everyone now, not only can you not work on your game, but everyone else is actually having fun out there and working on their games. And now you're just stuck being injured and you will, you will be annoyed at yourself for doing that. So don't do that. Get back in, get training, and use this time effectively rather than, you know, just whine and complain that we want to be back playing and training as as soon as possible. Do what you can, take care of what you can. And with that in mind, I have been and I will be adding more skills and tactical training to the Team Rugby Muscle Members page. So if, you know, in, it's in conjunction with the training that we've got going that you don't need a gym for. We will also be introducing a new getting back into the gym program within the next month because it seems like the lockdown is starting to ease in certain countries and with certain members of the team rubby muscle having gym access within the next few weeks i will be needing to add that and if you want to find out more information on that it's rugby-muscle.com forward slash team i'd love to see you join and i'd love to help you out during this time and for the future you know i don't know now how to end this podcast because it's kind of like a real short one i guess this is how i'm gonna end it bye